Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nudie Brains Podcast. My name is Emily, and I'm the host. I was fortunate enough to interview Bonnie, who is currently attending university, and she is from Australia. Uh, So we had to find a time that worked well in both of our schedules because, you know, she's so many hours ahead and Um, And I found out that Wi-Fi does not work as well across such large oceans. So the audio may cut in and out a little bit, but she has a really cool story to tell about great white sharks and her experience with them. Um, And I have come to learn that great white sharks are just really gentle creatures and that there's so much to appreciate about them. I've also learned that Australia is not as scary as the media makes it seem. Not everything is out to kill you. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview. Um, If you want to follow Bonnie on Instagram, her Instagram name is at ocean underscore bon 98. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, if you have any questions or want to continue any discussions, I am at Emily the Marine Biologist. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast. I will hopefully be coming out with episodes a little bit more regularly now that my schedule has calmed down a little bit and I have a lot of people interested in being interviewed. Um, So if you subscribe, that'll help make sure that you don't miss any episodes that are coming up. So that'll be great. I hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy this episode. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Bonnie. I'm super excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'm excited as well. So let's start off by telling everyone, what is your favorite invertebrate? That's a really hard question, Um, but I'd probably have to say nudibranchs, purely because they're the animals that got me into scuba diving and into into marine in the first place because they are just so beautiful and colorful. Um, And my favorite nudibranch species would probably be Nambertha rosiala, and then there's also a chrysoceros. Christophe Magnifica, which are two local species that I dive with at home. That's so cool. What color are they? Um, the Nambrosa is black, orange, and then has dark green all over it. And then the Chrysosoma is just all different rainbow colors. So they're really beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Super cool. Why did you start studying science in the first place? Um. I think I've always had a very keen interest in science. Like my parents didn't have a background in it at all, but when I was little, instead of reading stories, um, at that time we would always sit there and read ID guides and encyclopedias, and they just always prompted me to really be interested in all of those things. And I've always loved the ocean. We've lived by the beach most of my life, so being able to put together my passions of the ocean and science into being a marine biologist has kind of always been the goal. So, Yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm sure as my listeners can hear, you're from Australia. Um, and I have to ask, you know, living by the beach in Australia, does that mean that you see like box jellies and like um, blue ringed octopuses all the time? Or is Australia not as scary as the media makes it seem? <laughs> it's definitely not as scary as the media makes it seem. Um, I live on the east coast of New South Wales, so the box jellyfish and irukandji and things like that are actually up in Queensland, so we don't have to worry about them. And there's only a certain time throughout the year where the box jellies and the irukandji are there in the water up in Queensland, so most of the year you're actually fine. 
But we do have blue-ringed octopus, and I occasionally see them while I'm diving, but seeing them is quite rare. So generally, all of our wildlife is quite friendly. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I know. I always see, like, videos of kangaroos, like, kicking people's butts and stuff. So it's <laughs> not as scary as it seems. No. <laughs> <laughs> good. So I know you're really interested in sharks. Um, yes. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that, what you study about sharks, why you like sharks, all that kind of stuff? Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm technically still an undergraduate at the moment. I finish uni in three weeks, so I'm very excited. Congratulations. Um, and I'm doing honours reading. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing honours research next year looking at the biology and ecology of great white sharks. So I have two projects there. One of them is looking at the movement patterns of juvenile great whites. So we found an estuary on the east coast where there's lots and lots of um, traffic by juvenile great whites, whereas all of the other estuaries that we have trackers on and receivers on, we haven't seen any of the white sharks move in and out of those systems. Hmm. So I'm going to be looking at possible reasons why they're going in there and then also just tracking their movements as a whole. So we do that by having satellite trackers on their dorsal fins. So we screw them on on the side of the boat, let them go, and then we have receivers set out through the S-strand systems, and then we can see where they're moving. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then my second, project, um, yeah, my second project is looking at sharks' um, dorsal fins and then also the pigmentation on the sides of their faces and deciding if that is a successful way to ID individual white sharks. So there are really awesome databases um, for a lot of the white sharks in South Africa and there's a few over in Europe, but Australia doesn't actually have a formal database for our white sharks. So the company that I'm working with, um, my honours is through one of our government departments and through them we have over 400 tagged great whites swimming off our coast at the moment. So what we're going to be able to do is use capture and recapture photographs and the data we've already collected to put a catalogue of all of the white sharks. Yeah, knowing that, they're, knowing that they're all out there doesn't mean much if we can't readily like identify those sharks and yes, most of them have trackers on them but if they get rebought by fishermen or people see them while they're diving and things like that, being able to ID them through photographs is a really good way to know what's going on. Yeah, so it sounds like you spend a lot of time really like up close and personal with white sharks. Um, do you do that by like diving in a cage or how do you actually like have your interactions with them? Okay, so most of the interactions um, I've had with them have just been on the side of the boat. So we have a research vessel that um, we have the sharks tied up against. So we use smart drum lines in Australia as a way to, I guess, protect swimmers, but also keep our sharks safe. So what happens is a shark, there's baited hooks in the water, and when the shark swims up and bites the hook, it sets off a radio transmitter, and then the people working on the boat get a text message sent to their phone saying that the shark is that a shark is on the hook and then they have a 20 minute period to be out there and have the shark tied up next to the boat in order to assure that the shark is released and tagged safely. But we also know that there are sharks there and we can notify people if they are on the beach. So 
with that process, we basically tie the sharks up next to the boat. Um, they have a hook in their mouths, which we tie onto the side, and then we tie a rope around their bellies and their tails, and then we just lean over the side and tag them through their dorsal from there. So great whites are actually very gentle when you have them next to the boat, which might sound funny, but <laughs> because they are such <laughs> because they are such big apex predators, you get them next to the boat and they're just kind of like oh, damn, you caught me. <laughs> so they just lie there for you. <laughs> they just lie there for you for a while. And, yeah, the whole process can take, like, from actually knowing that they're caught to having them tagged and released can be within half an hour. So it's a very, very quick process for the sharks. Wow. So do you actually spend some days then just, like, hanging out on a boat waiting for one of those text messages? Or do you are you just constantly on call? Like, how does that work? So most of the data is actually being collected through the government organisation I'll be doing my honours with. So they have contractors who are usually ex-fishermen or just commercial fishers themselves that are on call throughout the day and those drum lines are in the water from 7 in the morning till about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and during that period they're on call the entire time. So I've only had one experience being able to spend my day out on the boat um, purely because I did my internship with them, but I'll get more chances to be up close and personal with them once I start my postgrad research. That is so cool. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. And what, <laughs> how great is it that your country actually invests in scientific research? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean... Our current government definitely has taken a lot of funding out, but compared to a lot of other countries, we are lucky with the amount they put in for marine biologists and the marine science sector. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So being from Australia, I'm sure that you have maybe some different um, opinions or, or you've seen different things than I have in the United States in terms of climate change. Um, do you have a lot of climate change deniers in Australia or is everyone like pretty on board? Um, I would like to say we don't have a lot of deniers, but we definitely do. So yesterday and the day before, we've had a lot of people striking um, for the school strike for climate change. And though the overwhelming response to that is people going, yes, awesome, these kids are believing in climate change, they're doing all these wonderful things, there are still a lot of people that don't believe in it. Um, I personally don't have a lot of time for people that don't believe in climate change. Um, the science is there, and I think if they're going to stick their heads in the sand about it, then unfortunately that's very sad for them. <laughs> but if they're going to deny it, then yeah, I try not to get in arguments because I do get so passionate about it. And then people are always like, oh, it's all a big hoax. And realistically, like, yes, we know climate change is a naturally occurring process. It's been happening for millennia. However, the rate that it's happening now is just absolutely way too fast. Like, and a lot of people think, oh, it's just a two, like 0.2 unit drop in pH or it's just a one degree increase in temperature. It doesn't mean a lot. But for things living in the ocean and for even a lot of our terrestrial organisms, it's actually a really, really big change. And 
to go from something that would take us 100,000 years to something that's taking us less than 200 just since the Industrial Revolution is absolutely crazy. So the fact that people can sit there and try and deny this when all the science is there, there is so much information, yeah, it's just, there are a lot of deniers, but at the same time, I don't like interacting with them because it just makes me upset. <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand that. If there was like one take home message about climate change that everyone needed to know, what do you think that one thing is? Just that it's not going to be an easy fix. That yes, we really need to stop our coal emissions. We need to cut down on our use of any kinds of fossil fuels really. But the earth isn't something that's going to respond immediately. Like it's, takes the sorry the emissions that we're currently like experiencing now and the climatic conditions we're experiencing now isn't from us burning coal now it's from us burning coal 50 years ago like there's a buffered effect on what's actually happening so the reason it's so important to stop our emissions or at least limit them significantly now is that we are still going to keep getting increases and it's not a simple fix like we need to stop but at the same time it's not just going to get better and we're going to need to think of ingenuitive ways to be able to go okay they like suck, sucking carbon out of the atmosphere like we need to do something to try and reverse our emissions and not just stop them yeah exactly it's kind of like when you're sick and you take a medication that maybe tastes really bad you know down the line it's going to make you feel better but like right away it's not going to yeah. do anything for you you're just going to have a horrible taste in your mouth so yeah I absolutely agree 100% with that. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, we we're you were just mentioning about the climate strikes that occurred, um, but do you have any other advice for like young people who really want to get involved in this movement and really make a change? Um, my main thing would just be to educate yourselves. Like there are so many people out there that don't have the like that aren't exposed to the educational tools that a lot of people have in countries like America and Australia and those kinds of things. So you don't even necessarily have to go to university or college or study a scientific field, but just educating yourself on what's going on in your local communities, um, through volunteer groups and different things like that. That's where the biggest impact's gonna be because if we can educate the masses and actually get people to try and change their perspectives, but do it in a way where you're not belittling people and you can just have an open conversation, I think that's the best way to break through and actually get people involved. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say that Australia as a country is doing anything to like you know, um, help with climate change or pollution at all? Like, are there any policies in place? Because I don't really know much about your government there and things like that, yeah. how that works. So I'm just really curious. Um, well, our government, honestly, has been very pathetic with their, just what they're going to do with climate change at the moment. Um, <laughs> Same. Like New Zealand is being... <laughs> New Zealand is doing incredible things. They've been invited to speak at the next summit and Australia is Australia is usually asked, but because our government has changed hands and they're not viewing climate change as such an important topic, we've actually been asked not to speak at the summit this year. Ooh. So it's, yeah, it's, our government is 
going in the right direction, but most of our politicians still believe that coal and fossil fuels are the future for Australia, which is silly when we're the land of sunshine and wind and have wave energy and all of these things. Like, But yeah, there's still, in the political sphere, most of the people here still think that fossil fuels are the future. There's no economical way that we can transfer this. And yeah, it's just... There's a lot of positive people, but there's not a lot, a lot of positive people in power that's actually making these moves forward. That makes sense. And because, I mean, it is such a large area, like, for example, in the United States, I live in California, and California is fairly progressive. We don't have plastic bags in our grocery stores. We are trying to cut down on carbon emissions and things like that. But if you go to the middle of the country, people are not talking about these things. Is it is that kind of the case too in Australia or is it pretty unified under like one policy? Um, so Australia is very good in the fact that we, we have also banned plastic bags. Um, people try and reduce their carbon emissions. Like there is a push on a local scale to be able to have like solar powered energy and those kinds of things. But yeah, definitely people that are living on the very, like, 70% of our population lives on the coastline. So people that are experiencing, like, things like erosion from increased wave energy and all of those kinds of things, I feel like are a lot more open to change and discussing climate. Um, and whereas a lot of people in the cities don't really understand. So I feel like it's buffered that a lot of people on the coastline are like, yes, let's do what we can about climate change, but in very built-up urban areas, not so much. But then, because we have such the huge expanse that is Central Australia, a lot of the people out there through droughts and things like that um, are also very open to the fact that, yes, climate change is very real and we need to do something about it now. So Australia is currently experiencing one of the longest worst droughts we've had most of our cattle farmers and people that is just like agricultural and like cropping and things like that that are out west um are all have all been hit so hard like most people have had to sell their livestock or kill them because there is just no viable way for a lot of people out west to live and make an income at the moment so yeah i think unfortunately it's a lot of the people in the very built-up urban areas that are denying that climate change is a thing and yeah there definitely is a disconnect between people who are very like who understand what's going on and then actually doing something about it I guess. Yeah and I like what you said too about you know the people who are in big cities like they're the ones sorry my cat is coming to join us um they're the ones denying it but they're not experiencing it firsthand like the cattle farmers things like you were saying they're the ones being so affected by it that they're losing their entire livelihood and that's just like so unfortunate so hopefully it doesn't come to all the people in the really urban area or in the like really central city areas you know experiencing climate change but if that's what it has to take you know they'll eventually get a dose of reality <laughs> yes I think so well, is there anything else that you wanted to share about Australia, about sharks, about research before we wrap up? Um, I'm not, I don't know. I just, I really think sharks have a bad rap and it's really unfair that the media constantly portrays them as these 
big, horrible, scary creatures, and they're not like that at all. Like, they're so gentle and beautiful and majestic. Like, when you're out swimming with them, as long as you can understand shark behaviour and know when they're getting upset about something, like, the chances of having a bad interaction with them is very, very low. Like, there's a really amazing book by Rodney Fox. It's his autobiography, and he is the guy that basically started the cage diving industry and shark tourism, and that actually occurred on the south coast, um, the south and west coast of Australia. And um, he actually worked with Steven Spielberg um, and those guys when they were filming Jaws. And he even said that as much as it was amazing and it was an incredible experience back then, he wishes that he never had anything to do with that movie at all because he's like, that's one of the worst things that's ever happened to shark conservation is Jaws because people just have this concept that sharks are big killing machines and yes they're apex predators yes if they wanted if they want to kill us they can but a shark isn't going to waste its energy trying to attack a human being when there are so many other food sources out there like the only time a shark attack actually occurs is when it is a case of mistaken identity so i think it's really important for people to realize that sharks are very intelligent like they're not mindless killers and yeah you have more chance dying driving to the beach in your car than you do to actually be bitten by a shark so yeah yeah absolutely and you were saying that you know you've had experience diving with sharks I know that Australia you know they you I, like I was saying earlier you guys have like every deadly animal known to man <laughs> like what species of sharks have you been able to dive with out there um I haven't dove with any like big bitey ones yet so um generally we dive with gray nurses so there's large aggregations of gray nurses so I think you guys call them sand tigers in the U.S. um sharks but yeah 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 I think they're sand sand tigers but they're very docile and they're very beautiful to swim with but other than that just a whole bunch of different reef sharks so white tip and black tip and stuff when we've been up to the reef so but I would love to swim with great whites and tigers <laughs> yeah someday right someday yeah. <laughs> That's awesome well um then if you are ready to share an obscure fact or pun about invertebrates i would love to hear it <laughs> okay um i'm not really sure how obscure this fact is but it's one that i learned recently so i was pretty excited um okay. just so cuttlefish are one of my favorite animals other than sharks um absolutely adore them and I recently found out that cuttlefishes actually control their buoyancy by forcing either water or gas through the pores in their cuddle bone so like when you pick up the cuttlefish bones on the beach and you see how porous they are the reason they're like that is so cuttlefish can put in water or gas and be able to move up and down in the water column which is pretty cool <laughs> that's so cool that helps them, I bet that helps them save so much energy too so that's awesome yeah Great. Well, if people want to follow you on Instagram, because you post so many gorgeous sunset pictures and kangaroo <laughs> pictures and all sorts of cool things, um, what is your Instagram handle? Um, my Instagram is ocean underscore bon 98. So. Does that mean you were born in 98? Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel so <laughs> old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm 21 next week. <laughs> Congratulations. Happy birthday and um, happy graduation almost as well. Yes. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. It was lovely speaking to you, Emily. It was lovely speaking to you too, Bonnie. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you.